0: strength and my own abilities my own talents I find out I'm not very sensational I'm not really great I've I've been listening to some great preaching this week and listen to Loran Livingston and my goodness I wish I could articulate like that man and preach like him I don't know did we share that in some way at the church on the church page on my page, Leah shared it. I don't know how to share videos that well, and so she did that. Look me up on Facebook and, and listen and watch the message or listen to the message by Loran Livingston. He preached last Sunday in North Carolina. He has tremendous church and ministry there. It's a Church of God pastor. He really speaks a truth and a strong, powerful word. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, turn to it. It, it will be one of the best half an hour you've ever listened to on what he has to share in God's Word and the present state condition of our world, our nation. And I just I appreciate his message. I wish I could preach like him, but that's okay. I can tune him in and I can listen to him, even if I can't preach like him. I don't know, maybe I'll take some of his stuff, but I doubt it. I wouldn't be able to say as well as he does in the message turn to your neighbor and say it's awfully good to see you this morning now i'm sorry that some of my kentucky vernacular came out i said it's awfully good to see you this morning that's i guess that's a, supposed to be a positive thing but it's awfully good to see you this morning praise the lord and thank you so much worship team for your uh leading us into worship and what god is doing and how the Lord is working. Did you know that the Bible says that uh, the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing, moving forward through Jesus Christ, our Lord, that we, as a church, God is moving us forward, God is working with us, and I think we're being schooled a little bit here, and that's good. We need to be schooled in his ways and his will, and his direction we need to pray god keep me sensitive pray for yourself and say god keep me sensitive that i may hear clearly what your spirit says to me i may walk in the spirit and not in the flesh and be led by him be be praying for that sensitivity because i will tell you god will give it to you in this seasons like this we think of you know kind of tough and difficult you may find yourself being the most spiritual moments of your life because god will speak to you Uh, personally and direct you and touch you and if you look closely you'll find that God is doing things in your life you know many times when things are going well we don't really notice the good things that are going on But when things become a challenge, disappointment comes, and question marks arise in our life, then suddenly, you know, it's during that season that you'll be able to see God, if you look closely, you'll see his fingerprints on things. And you'll see him begin to work that you may find that where the world is saying these are terrible times, you'll be able to say, and you'll be saying, my God is with me, and man, I am blessed and highly favored of the Lord. The world could be going through a famine. God's people could be fed. God will provide a way and make a way. I don't care what governments do. I don't care what governments decide because the fact is ultimately someone rules. If we're celebrating this Christmas, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah that that baby Christ who came to earth that the government shall be upon his shoulders. And God's going to take care of us. He's going to take care of everything. And I'm telling you, he is working in a mighty powerful way praise the Lord will you just agree with me and say yes pastor amen Amen. I I felt led the Lord to go and preach this this morning living a life with origin meaning morality and destiny now I won't be able to cover the whole area of this but I feel that it is so important that we understand these four words and how important they are in our life and that we have it in our life accessible to us where some people do not feel like they have a a direction in their life you ever met someone in the world that seems to be so they don't know where they're going what's going to happen they just seem to be confused and moving around trying to make ends meet and make sense of things and I will tell you this world will not make sense to you and the way the world system is and what's going on but god has given us an edge in life he's given us truth and his word is truth will you just stretch your hand forward let's just pray father we agree together as your people to receive a word this morning god that we'll understand i want faith to rise up in this room this house lord we're working on foundations this morning We are working on foundations, making sure and checking, God, that our foundation is sure and strong. For, Lord, uh, that is what the enemy wants to destroy. He may try to tear down structure, tear down some some of the initial finish work, but, Lord, that can be repaired, that can be restored and worked and patched. But, Lord, our foundations is what we stand on and rely on, Lord. And I pray, God, that our foundation will begin to be strengthened this morning. That everyone be encouraged in you in the name of Jesus Christ I ask it father in Jesus wonderful name amen amen living a life with origin meaning morality and destiny I'm convinced that when we have come to an understanding of these four subjects these four words These four pieces of the puzzle of life will have a sense of fulfillment and value that's needed to live well. Your God wants you and I to live well. Living well is not living in the world's eyes of success and and such. There are people I know that are wealthy that are so unhappy in their life. Living well has a lot to do with well-being, mentally, physically. Spiritually, living well is a fullness of life that only God can bring a fulfillment to life. I've always wondered, you know, grow, growing up. Uh, I, I, guess I've, I guess I'm grown up now. I finally reach a place of maybe growing up, but I'm still human, so there's still more growing that needs to take place. But there's a universal question that's in this world and in this life that many people have. And that universal question is, who am I? Why am I here? And what is the meaning of my life? you ever met you ever felt that question before you know hey hey I'm not saying this is now you're going to confess of a lack of faith but how many here you're all human you've had these questions and wanted appeared in your life that you were wondering maybe growing up or even now some of you may have those questions in your heart and in your mind of who am I and uh, why am I here and what's the meaning of my life well if we search into these four words and begin to make them as goals and direction in our life and begin to concentrate on it then we will find a fuller meaning of ourself a fuller understanding of life and where we stand listen God doesn't want you to just wander about he doesn't want us he provided the son to make sure that we didn't wander around in darkness that he provided a light a great light the Bible says a great light has shown and so therefore the Lord has come to bring us an understanding of life this life that you and I possess is a life that God has given that's why I debate Get upset and try with wonderment to try and figure out why people feel like that it's okay to end life. End life when it should not be that way. Why we feel like we have a license to decide and say the value of my life is more valuable than the life that maybe, that a woman may be carrying. This is where the question arises in me. I don't understand, except that I understand one thing in particular. This issue of abortion is an issue. It is a sin. It's in the Bible. It's against Scripture. It's against the heart of God. And one thing I realize, if we keep on saying the countless millions of babies, unborn babies that have been lost in America and around the world, you know what we also have to refer to? Is that there are millions upon millions of women who have become victims of this thing called? called abortion and therefore human instinct is we shall not say we are wrong. And what we did so therefore there's countless of millions that are saying I'm not going to speak against abortion because I've been a part of it. And because of that, the devil is deceiving people, destroying people. Abortion not only destroys the life of that baby inside of a mom, but it destroys that woman. It, it begins to tear and eat at the fabric of their morals and their thinking, their emotions, and eventually somewhere in their life, they will hit that horrible wall called regret. And it will be there. They will face it. So I say in the name of Jesus Christ, abortion is against women. And abortion is against human life. And it is not. I'll say it. I don't care if people get upset. It has nothing to do with women's health because they're aborting female babies if it was about women's health then those babies would be in concern now I know that rubs against the the thought of today I'll tell you what what the problem is is politics we have made things that are uh, that are contrary to the word of God contrary to God's thinking God's mind and decided and think now that these things are just political issues and we can shelve it over there in the political shelf and no longer be concerned about the morality be concerned about what god thinks about it can i get an amen out of that i am here to declare to you that my heart goes out to all the women who have been victims and have been misled and deceived by the enemy my heart goes out and we need to pray for God to heal and help those women to go through this. This is the heart of God to want to do that. But I will tell you when it comes down to God Jesus Christ the book of John says that Jesus came with full of grace and truth. We want the grace. We want the grace of forgiveness and the grace that makes us be forgiven and the walk in strength and the joy of the Lord. We can sing about grace we can rejoice about grace but that other word called truth is a very difficult thing that we don't want to really talk a lot about because that might hit us where we're at in other words grace can take us to a place that you can be living like the devil and know that you can be forgiven and we like that and that's good we can fail and the Lord will forgive us and that that, that, that sort of gives a good feeling doesn't it I mean, oh man, everything's great and wonderful and, and uh, hunky dory. You know what I'm talking about. Old saying there. Everything's just great because grace. But then truth comes in and says, not only are you say, but now you have to walk in truth, and it brings about responsibility, and that rubs against our human nature. We don't want to be responsible to God. We just want to be forgiven, not responsible. But I will tell you, in order for us to find the full meaning and fulfillment of life, we have to walk in grace and in truth through Jesus. Jesus won't have it any other way. Jesus won't have it any other way. Because why would he say to those standing before him, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. He said, well, Lord, didn't we do this? Then we do to this and that as they tell him that? But then the Lord says, department for me, I never knew you. Why is that? How could he say that? He says, therefore, yeah, you leaned on the grace, but you didn't walk in truth. And that's, that's the crux of the matter. We get forgiven so much. Jesus said, go now and walk in the, the Lord says, go and walk in the newness of life. And we have to do that. How many decide to do that in Jesus Christ? So we, in order to live a life with origin, meaning, morality, and destiny, we are a people that God has raised up. He has raised you up, he has done great things in your life. And we need to pray for our country, pray for our nation, pray for us. And I'm glad that we're in good hands. We are in good hands. How many here are in the Father's hands? We're in good hands. You've done what you did. You voted your conscience. You go on, but we're in God's hands, okay? You did what you thought was right, and you did it, and you did it, and it's good. Now it's in God's hands. Put it in his big hands because you can't do anything about it. I'm going to tell you my personal note here, and please forgive me if I upset you, but I'm proud of my county. I'm proud of my state. I'm proud of where my neighbors and people around us have taken a choice and decision and the way they voted I'm proud of it I'm proud of it now I'm not talking politics I'm just talking I thank God there is a remnant of people who are serving the Lord Jesus Christ I'm not talking about conservatives I'm talking about children of God because you can be conservative and be a sinner but the Lord's going to take care of those who are his He's going to take care of you. Your economy is in his hands. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The future, your future is in his hands. Check your wallet and your purse. You've got a membership called Citizen of Heaven. You've got a membership card that says Citizen of Heaven because you're born again by the blood of Jesus Christ we win, we have won, we won already and I don't know why we act like we haven't won, we won already Jesus the devil threw everything he could throw out at Jesus and Jesus eventually walked out of that tomb and he said to the devil, I got you you are defeated hallelujah hallelujah so I'm living in that, how many of you are living how many, anybody out here living in that Let's live and thrive in that. Let's live and thrive in that. Let's live and thrive in that. And let's pay attention to this news. This isn't fake. This is truth. Let's let's live in this. Hallelujah. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Oh, my. But I believe if we find and uh, we understand these four subjects or pieces of puzzle of life, we'll have a sense of fulfillment and value that is needed to live well. Let's start at fundamentals here. Let's start at the beginning of this thing with the path and plan of God. And the answer to the universal questions will be found in these four pieces of who I am and why am I here and what's the meaning of my life. Living well is not measured by success of wealth or possessions, but rather by significance. We all long to be significant, to leave our mark behind us. That the Lord can be glorified through us, that people around us will know and give glory to God for how we live. Having a sense of significance that fills that void. That's the void in pe- people. People want to have significance. What's the meaning? What's, significance brings the meaning of this, the, in this void. And that's in us because sin created that void. And only God can fill that void. But that void is filled with significance because of God in our life. And fills that void that exists in people. People who feel, there are many people who feel like they're living unfulfilled lives. Disappointments. Let me tell you, child of God, you need to quit concentrating on your disappointments. You need to start concentrating on your blessings. You need to quit talking about what you have not and realize what you do have. Amen, because if you do that, you'll outlive and you'll outdo and you will survive and you, God will bless you if you walk in the positive, not in the negative. Y'all, a pessimist says the glass is half empty. and optimist says the glass is half full. And we need to look and praise God for what. I mean, really, let's praise God for what's in the glass. And so God's blessed us. Hey, this is, you know, believe it or not, even if COVID is around, shh, I don't want to say its name. I don't want to get him... Even amid all that, even amid all that, guess what? This is thankful season, isn't it? You know what the devil's done? He really did an attack on spiritual holidays. Easter, he did an attack on Easter season. Now, now Thanksgiving, they're telling you what you need to do, and look out, look out, look out, look out. What we need to do is look toward and look toward God and know that he's going to bless us. Be thankful for what God's done for us. Be thankful Thanksgiving and when Christmas rolls around celebrate the coming of God and salvation to the world. Don't let anything rob you of the truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan loves you know there's a great power in a settled mind. And this will bring a settledness in your life. And knowing what to do with this life, there'll be a settledness there. Satan loves it when God's people live in insecure spiritual lives. Where that Christians are unable to live a life of faith. How many here grovel with that sometimes about, man, I should have done this. I wish I would have done, oh my, I can't believe I did that. Can you get amen here? Come on now. Well, there are godly people in this room. We, we, we struggle with that. Satan loves it when God's people live an insecure spiritual life where the Christians are unable to live a life of faith. All the answers can be found in Scripture. And because of that, Satan wants God's people to, be, to have biblical illiteracy. He doesn't want you in the word. He doesn't want you read the word. How much have you read the Bible this week? How much have you opened the pages or open up your device and seriously, intentionally open scripture and begin to read? in your life let me challenge you do it every day don't stop make a rhythm make a time make a schedule keep it do it read and pray because these are foundational things God's given us he's given us his word and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God if we're lacking faith we need the word of God we need the word of God because I will tell you if the church can't meet because some devil has risen up and closed the churches what are we going to do we're going to read the word right. and we're going to pray they come after your bible you're going to hide your bible right <laughs> yeah. hmm? how, how many of you would be willing to hide your bible well you better go and dust it off first <laughs> then you can hide it oh well, first of all you got to go find it <laughs> where it is Amen, amen, amen. We still have Bibles in this church. It's been in here for years and never been claimed. No, yeah, that's right. We throw away, declunk the junk in this church sometimes because believe me, we get junk. Programs and different stuff, we have to throw it away or else we'll just be collecting stuff. But what do you do with a Bible? You can't throw away a Bible. Rumpke guy might open up the dumpsters. There's a Bible. Someone threw away a Bible. How dare they? What I'm saying is, take ownership of the word in your life. Open the pages of this book and say, God, speak to me. Speak to me. Let faith rise up in me. Hallelujah. We live The best lives when we personally are able to give that explanation, those four words, and live in that. And I can't claim credit for that. Dr. Ravi Zacharias, and God bless him, he's with the Lord now. And you can look him up, search him out. He's a highly intelligent man in Christian apologetics. He would go to college campuses and allow them to have an open forum of asking him questions about God. And he would stand there and give them answers hey you gotta really admire someone like that the lord's called him home but do a search on him and listen to what he has to say it will blow your mind how god has raised up people but we need to give an answer a reason of our faith in jesus christ the bible says so we need to be able to know the word the world is not going to take a term politically to make the world better or less sinful or less dark the darkness is here and the darkness is growing but the light is shined in darkness and we're called to be a city set up on a hill that cannot be hid and that means you and I and every one of us we need to give the reason of hope that we have in Jesus Christ and be able to give people scripture toward how how to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus how to become a Christian you can't lead someone to the Lord if you think your modus operandi is invite them to church if the church is closed. Therefore, we must be the church and reach people in God's kingdom. You know what we're going to do. This church is just going to keep on doing outside stuff, constantly, constantly reaching out to people on the outside. And I want to commission you to be deputies. Well, I deputize you to go and make a difference in the world. And go and let God use you for his glory. Hallelujah. We are making a difference. And Jesus Christ reigns. Let me go further here. All the answers can be found in Scripture. And we have the word of God. The great benefit that's found in scripture, the the truth of who we are, the life we can live, and the destiny we have. Mark Twain uh, said, he said, the two greatest days of a person's life are the day that they're born and the day that they find out why. Origin, the word origin means something from which anything arises or it's derived. and, And the source, the fountainhead, where it comes from, the first stage of existence is origin. Meaning is, what am I here for? We shouldn't wrestle with it, but go and live in our purpose with God. A biblical worldview to guide us. Morality is a conformity to the rules of right conduct. Not only does the Lord let us know where we came from but then he also shows us a purpose and direction of living life and then also in the pages of this book is something called morality and morality isn't only on the subject of sexual relationships and sexual activity morality is a guide and direction for living period in a moral way, in the right way, in a way that God didn't save us, Jesus didn't save us, and say, okay, you go on now, you're on your own, but no, he's given us the word of God. So they give us a guide and a manual to be able to tell us what to do, how to do it, on those decision-making moments and how to live. Isn't it wonderful that God just didn't expect us to find our way around? I've walked in some big stores before. The first time I ever walked into a Lowe's in Huntington when I first moved here. I don't know what happened to that store. I guess it changed, but I walked in that Lowe's. I've never been to Lowe's in my life and I was just looking for something in particular. You ever you know, that's what we, that's what I do. I don't go to roam around, but I'm, I'm after something. I'm a hunter. You see me at Walmart, I got a list because I'm a hunter. I go and hunter goes and hunts things. I'm after something and I'm not after anything else. I'm after the list. I cross off the list. I follow the list. I don't listen to anybody that suggests anything to me. I just, go and get my stuff. You know, it's kind of like hunting. I nab it, I shoot it, I bag it, and I walk out. Men are hunters when it comes to Walmart or anywhere else. But when I went in the Lowe's, I was looking for something, and then I started looking for somebody. You know, if I can't find something, I look for somebody. And it was so odd that I saw so so many yellow shirted backs that, or was it red? Well, it should have been red for stop, you know. But uh, they they scattered. They saw me leaving. And I, it it was almost like I, I made this tremendous pull shot, on playing pull, and I hit the ball, and bam, they gone, you know. They're all in the holes, every one of them, the balls and everything. They're gone. They scattered so quick. I think they saw me coming. They saw that look on my face. I need help. And they scattered. And so I wandered through that huge store not knowing where anything was at, where it was, or anything. Couldn't hardly find. And I spent several minutes trying to find something without any type of guide. And I, I began to feel exasperated, frustrated. Don't you see that's, why, that's what the world's feeling right now? If we're not careful, we'll scatter when we see someone with that certain look on their face. And you know that they're looking for an answer. And they're needing some guidance and direction. They need somebody such as you and I that can show them around the store. And begin to lead them to where they need and tell them and show them what they need. And they can find an answer to their need. And feel like as they walk away, I'm so glad I ran into that person. That's the way the world should view us as Christians, that we have the answer to these things. And when we personally have that answer, we rejoice in the Lord. In Genesis 1, 26 through 28, I told you we're going to foundation here. Because God wants you to feel better about yourself. Because the enemy is trying to wear you out and make you tired. Just as such as the spirit of Antichrist found in Daniel that that spirit of Antichrist was that he to wear out the saints of God that Antichrist spirit is in the air today to wear out the saints, and some of you i 'm telling you i 'm looking at you you're looking a, a little worn okay it's showing on your face it's like, oh gosh, you know. How, how much longer, Lord? You know, almost like the children of Israel making bricks. How long, Lord? How long shall we make bricks, and then we find out we got to make bricks without straw? And it's like, oh no! But that feeling of desperation. But Genesis chapter one. I want us to go back to the beginning, and I I want you to see something here. Genesis one twenty six and twenty eight through twenty eight. Then God said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Now listen, in the Bible, whenever there's a repeat of a word, it's emphasized. It's, it's something really important. That's why he repeated it. It's, some people have tried to define it as two different words, but they're not. They're really synonyms. They mean the same thing in the original text. So God is repeating himself. They created man in his image. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him. There's an emphasis, male and female he created in his image. So emphasize, I'm in the image of God. I'm created in the image of God. The devil hates you because you look like God. It's not the body. It's, it's, it's your make. It's, he, he sees the mark. He sees who you are. You're a creation of God. See, he's a doomed creation. We were a doomed creation until Jesus came. When man fell, we fell in sin. When Adam fell, we fell in sin. But God sent a remedy and a solution. And so therefore through Christ, we're a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. So when I'm talking about the the blessing of being created in the image of God, you can claim that blessing today. If you have Jesus, you claim that blessing today. Of dominion and power and authority that comes through Jesus Christ and through him when god let's go on so god created man in the image in his own image and in the image of god he created him male and female he created them male and female hang on to that i think it's important it's pertinent today there's not 50 variety selections here okay it's male and female hello the confusion of this world is going to bleed into, gonna bleed into the future generation. And and the devil's trying to rob the minds of our children. Let your children know that there's male and female, and there's nothing in between or nothing besides male and female. It's the way God created them in a beautiful, glorious way. And anyone else that says counterwise is in confusion and in rebellion. That's all it is. It's simple like, and they need to be taught if they're in confusion and our youth are being confused by adult twisted minds. That seven year olds make a decision, a boy makes a decision, he's a girl. Somebody is missing the mark, my friend. Amen? And parents give in to it. I would say it could be defined as a biblical abuse to children, contrary to the laws of God. You're looking at me like I'm crazy? I'm telling you the world is out of its mind. I mean, I'm telling you I've got 60 years of living here. Ten years I started coming to a little bit of understanding in my life. But it's been 40 years into ministry and preaching. And the very things that that old man, that old preacher that got up behind the pulpit and said, if you don't look out, this is what's going to happen in the world and with the church. And guess what? we got it. We've got confusion in the church. We've got confusion in the world. And, and, And we thought as we sat back and I sat in your seat, I thought, man, man, I can't believe that. That's crazy. Well, here we are. And where are we going? I don't mean to be negative. I really want to be positive. But I feel there are times the spirit of the prophet's going to come forth out of the pulpits. The alarm is going to be sounded that we wake up and quit being asleep and don't let the devil rob our future generations and our children. I wish the schools would stick with the three R's. Reading, writing, and arithmetic. And keep the raising to the parents. And leave their minds alone except for education. But we're far gone on that. And we need to stand in the gap, parents. Grandma, grandpa, stand in the gap. Give the word of God. Share it in love. Tell them the truth while they're young. Can I get an amen out of that? I mean... It's tough for me to say these things. But if I don't say them, I'm just going to blow up. You don't want that. That would be bad. It'd be stains on the carpet. You don't want me to blow up. We're special. God created us away. And, you know, we're... Every person is a special being. And that's important for us to remember that everybody, even the homeless and people who are drug addicts and the derelicts considered to be derelicts in the world, and, and the forgotten ones, they're God's creation too. God created them and we are to love them and they're special. They're special. They have, a, they have all everything we got, they got. Destiny and promise and life. We have. So we need to reach out to people and let them find Jesus Christ as their Savior. Sometimes I feel when I preach to you, I have to pray and ask God to forgive me. Because I get up and I got a message, I got to preach. And then sometimes it's like I get interruptions and I get all messed up. And I'd like to be an understandable, clear, concise, point by point, by point, by point sermon. But we're living in a time that it's going to take more than three points and a poem and a prayer to fill a message in the lives of people we have got we've got to give the clarion call and we've got to blow the trumpet and let people know I like trumpet music I listen to trumpet music because there's something about sounding out an alarm and sounding out that distinctive sound you know you don't hear a lot of trumpets in praise and worship music because of the style and the sound distinct sound that puts out you just don't you don't hear it a lot in praise and worship music because there's something about a trumpet, it's just it's there's the coarseness beauty, the coarse beauty of a trumpet. It sounds up and rises above all the other instruments, that trumpet sound that brings an appearance of a it just catches your attention. If it's not in the right place and it's noise. But if it's in the right place it's music. And God has called us to sound the noise. And it may not be beautiful in the ears of the world, but we've got the call, a clarion call of Jesus and, and forgiveness and repentance and turn from your wicked ways. And blow the trumpet to the world that the world will hear a distinct sound from the people of God. Right, right. And we'll have... We you know, we talk about a great revival in our nation. We gotta have a great repentance first. Hallelujah. Revival won't happen without repentance. You'll have a few good moments and then go home and then no one changes. But repentance is calling out to a holy God and say, God, I'm unholy, and I need you to forgive me and cleanse me, make me right. I decide to walk after you and to follow you, and I'll follow the world. And when that happens, then then a revival will spark this world and this nation. But we keep crying out, we're going to have a revival. We need a great, a great revival. We need to first have a great repentance. though i'm not personally responsible for all the things that happen in our world and our nation i am i do feel very moved by it bothered by it are we are we still bothered by things like this ought not be this should not be and we pray for the lost and pray for people to be set free these are the last days There's going to be a trumpet that will sound. And the only ones who will hear it will be the ones who will be called away and the rest of the people will be standing around wondering what happened. These are the last days. Do not be fooled. Do not be deceived. Such as the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. It is that perverse. It is that bad. As the days of Moses or the days of Noah where there was violence that filled the land. But understand why Jesus said Noah, and he also said Sodom and Gomorrah. He mentions Lot. Both of those people were taken out before judgment came. And so we're going to be taken out of here, but judgment is coming. We cannot sit idle and think we're not responsible as a nation for any of the stuff that's been going on. We are responsible we have sold out to money and the god of mammon. We have deceived ourselves and lied to ourselves. We've killed millions of the most innocent unable to defend themselves. And we expect there's going to be health and growth economically? I don't know. I mean, I don't mean to be a downer here, but does someone ever really think about this? Or this, this thing called, well, we'll sweep it under the carpet because it's politics. But it's not politics. It's responsibility. And we need to pray for our nation and pray for people to be set free. Forty years ago, whoever heard of human trafficking? And here it is. Do you see how base, and it's rampant in America, do you see how base our culture society has gone? And maybe God's saying, I'll let you depend on your economy. But you're not depending on me. And the Lord is calling this nation to repentance. If we don't repent. Then God's going to judge. We need to repent so revival will occur. And if Jesus is coming back again, there'll be many people who will go away. That the devil thought he had them. But we reached out to them and we showed them the Lord and we live a life that's a light before them and they'll get saved. You know, we need revival because we need a harvesting of souls before Jesus comes back again. Is there anybody lost in your family? Anybody lost that you're close to and not a Christian? Are you a Christian? Going to church doesn't make you a car. Make you a Christian going to church. Just like driving, going into a garage doesn't make you a car. Are you Christian? Or are you just kind of going through motions? We're at a time. We can't do that anymore. We can't do that anymore. It's not going to be enough. You better search your soul, your heart, your life. Am I Christian? If the trumpet sounded right now. Would I be called away or would I be sitting here looking wondering where everybody's at? You know if you're right with God. And you know when you're out of line with God. You know it. The Holy Spirit bears witness to you and tells you this. I don't know why God shifted this seriousness of it. Maybe it's me and just pray for me if it's too much me. But it's not. No, no, no. This is the message of the hour. This is the message of the hour. And if you get right with God, you'll really start feeling better about yourself. Yeah. And you won't be living in condemnation or guilt. But that you'll be in tune with him with an assurance and faith that Jesus is the answer. I pray that God will touch our hearts and our lives. That we prepare ourselves to see the Lord. It's very soon. I rejoice in that. We're in, such a, we're in such a lull, spiritual lull, or low, is this reason? You preach the rapture and nobody's rejoicing. You preach the rapture and people are, uh, all of a sudden, as a minister, I can sense in the spirit all this downness because of fear. You get in relationship with Him, you rejoice and think the rapture is a deliverance from this world. And you'll get to see Jesus face to face. Otherwise, what is meant to be a comfort one another with these words has now become a threat to people. An upsetting news. Well, why don't we turn that thing around? Why don't we turn around the way God wants it to intend to be that the rapture and the coming of Jesus Christ is good news, where that we comfort one another in the Lord, saying, and and Christians say, Well, Jesus is coming. Praise God. I know it. I'm looking forward that he's coming. I know that you're facing hard hard times and hard situations, but Jesus is coming. But if you don't get comfort out of that, then maybe something is out of sorts here, you know? I don't know it's hard stuff. I ah, thank you so much that you love me. Thank you for loving me. I appreciate that you love me. Let's speak these things in love to you. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Why don't we just make a decision now? not we just make a decision now? You think it's by coincidence that you're here today, but it's not just like I never intended to go where I'm going at right now, but I am. It's because God's wanting to speak to you and speak to your heart, speak to your life and where you're at. Right now, I just wonder right now does someone in this room say, you know what, Pastor? What you're saying is really, it's touching my heart and moving me. And I'm not sure if I am a Christian that the Lord wants me to be, but I want to decide Today. I decide today, I choose today to be a Christian, a child of God. No more playing games. I'm not going to be waffling, but I'm going to be determined right now. In Jesus' name. If you want the prayer right now, all I want you to do is just give a signal by raising your hand of faith and saying, Lord, I need, I want to know that I'm right with you. I want to know that I'm right with you. Just lift your hand up quickly because you've got to make that personal decision. And your loved one, people you love, they're not going to take you to heaven. Only you can make that decision and decide this morning. Let's mean business with Jesus because he's so wonderful. He's so good. You don't want to pass him up. Right now, just raise your hand and say, I need prayer. I need the Lord to forgive me of my sins. Just raise your hand quickly, quickly. And though we have a smaller amount of crowd, does not make any difference to me. I found in the smallest of crowds there's still people who need to make a decision, a true, outright decision for Jesus. Just raise your hand quickly, so I can pray for you. We can just pray. The Lord's, you know, I'll I'll tell you this i think it's okay christians even need to pray a prayer of repentance because repentance is a realigning sometimes we can be distracted with stuff and things and totally forget about god we need to repent and say god i'm sorry i've left you out i need you in i need you in lord so will you pray this prayer worship team if you'll come i want you to pray this prayer with me i want you to pray it out loud Because there are those here in this room who really need to pray this. Who really need to pray this. And I want you to pray it from your heart. Not just repeating from me, but let it be like your actual thought of prayer. Will you pray this prayer right now? Everybody, just repeat after me. Let it come from your heart.